1: Welcome to the Chronicles of Nanny, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking temperament styles with Katie Leineke. Hi, Katie. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm super great. Um, Katie... And I have been hanging out for a while, so <laughs> get ready. Um, it was wonderful to
0: see you. It's been delightful. And uh, we're recording later than we had anticipated because of it, but but it's worth it's it. It's still really great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, friendship and, and s- caffeine tomorrow. And caffeine tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But yes, so we decided to record this episode actually based on the International Nanny Training Day, mm-hmm. and so temperament styles came up during our positive discipline talk, uh, in answering were, a, or attempting to answer a question.
0: They were kind of the star of the show too. We got <laughs> we got
1: sidetracked. We did, and so then we were like, oh, maybe there's a a desire for. A whole episode just on temperament styles, which I didn't know very much about this before I started researching.
0: So I'm excited to talk about it with you. Spoiler alert. This is that episode. Yeah. It's not really spoiler because you already told them. (laughs) But still.
1: (laughs) Um, And it's the title. So when they clicked on it, they probably saw it. But who knows? Maybe
0: people... Blind podcasting, you know. Yeah. Like Russian roulette podcasting. Just scroll and pick. (laughs)
1: Well, if you're joining us and have never listened before, <laughs> Katie Leineke is a frequent guest. Uh, Katie, can
0: you give us just a brief sure. background? Um, I have been a nanny for so long, all <laughs> seven years, and at some point I went back to school to get a teaching certificate, and now I both teach and nanny. that's super brief Uh, that was that was the briefest briefest.
1: if you would like to hear more of katie's background you can listen to any of her previous episodes (laughs) because she does it for us every time and i appreciate it not
0: always sometimes if it's back to back oh you're like you just heard it in the last episode (laughs) you don't need it yeah
1: Um, well wonderful if you're joining us for the first time katie leineke's episodes are all delightful listen to them all just binge listen. It's going to be great.
0: Um, so great. So
1: how are temperament styles determined?
0: Um, that is a good question. So there are two different things when you're talking about temperament, which is actually translates to like 12 different things. <laughs> um, so there are temperament traits mm-hmm. and there are temperament styles Okay. and there are three temperament styles. And there are nine temperament traits. Nice. So when you add them together, you get 12. Yeah. But the nine traits help you to determine which temperament style you fall under. Okay. Um, so those traits are activity level. That's usually like your body functions. Are you um, very active? Are you running around? Or are you kind of more sedentary? Um, or somewhere in between? Right. Um, do you have to bob your leg? Do you need to always be doodling? Do you Or the
1: kids that you see like do the flappy arms? Yes,
0: yes. Do you never want to get up? Are you very slow to move? Mm. Um, that's one. That's activity level. Okay. Two is biological regularity, which basically mm. means um, the schedule with which you eat, sleep, and poop. Great, yeah. So uh, this is most commonly seen with infants, mm-hmm. or sometimes you can see it with older children too. Um, children who have trouble sleeping... Um, children who have uh, don't go to the bathroom with any regularity, or children who maybe aren't hungry at their meal times, even if you have set meal times. So that's part of it. That's number two. Number three is adaptability. Okay. Uh, how mm-hmm. flexible are they when things change? When there's an unexpected thing that you need to do? Uh, four is approach slash withdrawal. So um, how friendly are they to strangers? Um, are they super friendly? Are they avoidant of strangers? Do they cry and scream? Are they slow to warm up? Right. Uh, Spoiler alert. That (laughs) is one of the temperament styles. Uh, then there's number, uh, five, which is the sensitivity threshold. So how much of a stimulus does it take to get a response from you? Either a positive or a negative response. So if something is like poking you, how long does it take for you to get upset? If something is funny, how long does it take for you to laugh? Okay. Um, six is intensity of emotional response. So once you get that emotional response, are they very, very emotional or are they? Um, do they have lower emotional responses or somewhere in between? Mm-hmm. Seven, I think we're on, is distractibility. So. <laughs> so how likely are they to be distracted from a task when an unexpected stimulus happens? So oh, okay. if I'm reading and... A car horn honks. How likely am I to stop reading or cleaning up or eating because I, something else has happened. Right. Um, Eight is quality of mood. Like how often are they feeling positive versus negative moods? Mm -hmm. And then nine is persistence slash attention span. So how long can they do something? An unfavorable tasks, task, excuse me, or, um, a favorable one. Right. And those nine things, <laughs> um, they help you to determine a child or adult's. Uh, pers- uh not, I'm sorry, temperament style, which is kind of like an inherent personality. Right. Um. So the research behind this, uh, many scientists and psychologists have researched this and added to it. But the original people are called Thomas and Chess. Okay. And in the 1920s. Um, at least this particular style of temperament explanation mm-hmm. in the 1920s, they started doing longitudinal research okay. and they have found that your temperament style is pretty much consistent throughout your whole life. Really? So it's, it's like an innate personality. So oh. a lot of times parents or nannies or whoever will be like the child came out with a personality and it's true uh-huh. and it's your temperament. <laughs> um, so the temperament styles, which are like the basic categories are, they used to be called easy, <laughs> slow to warm up and difficult. And for obvious reasons, they're trying to shift the language to flexible, fearful, and feisty. Okay. Um, so I like that. Yeah. I like feisty. Yeah. I don't know if I like fearful though. I think I prefer yeah. slow to warm up, but yeah. yeah, I agree. We could
1: pick and choose. I'm I going think. to. <laughs> so
0: for the purposes of this podcast, let's call it uh, flexible, um, Slow to warm up and feisty, great, so and the other thing here is there are no right or wrong temperaments or better or worse temperaments. they are just different temperaments right um so yeah, that's kind of a An not so the- brief <laughs> snapshot of what temperament is,
1: but it was, and I mean. Everything that you just talked about—that was pretty brief. Yes. So good well, good job. for me.
0: <laughs> Pat on the back for all of you and me. <laughs>
1: um. So let's talk about goodness of fit. Yes, because that came up in my research a bunch. Yes.
0: So goodness of fit is when you either have a good fit with the <laughs> caregiver's personality and temperament style, or you have um a less than snugly fit together temperament style. So some research will talk about like how active you are, right? So if your activity level, which is a trait, is very high Mm -hmm. as the caregiver and you have a child or you're caring for a child whose activity level is very low, that's going to cause a fair amount of frustration for you because you're naturally innately different. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have similar temperament styles, you're going to get along a little bit easier than if you don't. And that's called goodness of fit. So how well suited are your temperaments to get along? If there is a, um, mismatch of temperament styles, the adult is always the one who must adjust their temperament style for the child because the child is a child. Right. So they're just (laughs) childing around. You can't, you, you can't, they don't have the skills to, they need to know that you love them and accept them, Mm -hmm. um, which is all great but can be really hard. Like yes. I think all of you would get on board with the idea of like, yes, I want the child that I care for or my own personal children to know that I love them and support them. And even when we aren't getting along, I I want to work together, but it's actually harder in real life right? as I'm sure all <laughs> of you have experienced. Um, so yeah, so the adult will always adjust or should always adjust for the child. So sometimes if it's, um, like, biological regularity like okay this child doesn't go to the bathroom at a regular interval what can i do to help this child when they do need to right um or maybe sleeping is hard for this child i actually have worked with the family before some nights they go to bed and their daughter isn't to sleep yet. And wow. their daughter is six. She'll be seven. Wow. Um, great kid. Mm-hmm. Great parents. They have another child who goes to sleep just as soon as you shut the door. <laughs> so different temperament. Yeah. Um, and they have different views on the world. They're both super fun and very active. So their activity levels are both really high, but mm-hmm. their biological regularity is different. Right. And the daughter in fact, at meals, sometimes might not eat at all, sometimes might eat everything you give her and ask for, like, bacon and a cheeseburger in addition to it. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really fascinating how the, they're like sliding scales almost. Um, and so they can be dialed way up or dialed way down when you're born. Mm -hmm. And then it's not one specific set, but, like, the mass of traits. Mm -hmm. So, um, If you have a lot of traits that are slow to warm up, but you also have a few, like maybe you're also, you have a lot of biological regularity, or your activity level is low or high or whatever it is. It doesn't, no one trait makes you a specific temperament style, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of like the continuum of your traits, like where you fall all across them Mm -hmm. and they weigh you into which one you're most like. Because very few children will be all one or the other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just like almost all personality tests, yeah. I think you're kind of in a zone. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's oh. so interesting. So can you talk more about which traits mm-hmm. lead to which temperament? So like which side of which traits? And I know that sure. you can't.
0: Yes. because I can the, give some. We'll yeah. go through the nine and we'll talk about how they tend to fall. Great. And there's also research on this. Um, So activity level, if you are higher in your activity level zone, um, you tend to be in the feisty range. Um, also if you're extremely low in the activity, you could also end up in the feisty, but it's more high activity and feisty. Yeah. Um, Low activities and slow to warm up. Yeah. Energy to get out. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're like in the middle in your activity range, (laughs) you are the flexible child. Right. Um, Biological regularity. High regularity is the flexible child Mm -hmm. um, or easy. So sometimes it helps if you think of their original um, names for these temperaments. So it's easy because you know when they're going to eat. You know when they're going to sleep. They go to sleep for three hours every day at 10 a.m. And then they wake up and then they have a meal, and then they go back to sleep after they've pooped. Nope. So that's that's easy, air quotes. You can't see, but I'm air quoting. <laughs> she is. Um, which I probably I say confirm every episode as well. Yeah, but I love it. Um, so that's biological regularity. The, the feisty or quote-unquote difficult child is very irregular. You right. have no predictable um, body rhythms of that child. That's very mm-hmm. hard. Slow to warm up, can sort of fall between any of those categories, um, tends to be more in the regular side of right. like um, more regular rhythms to right. their um, and functions. And you can
1: imagine for a child that could be disconcerting too. So I can understand yeah. why the ones that aren't on any sort of schedule might fall more yeah. into feisty. Your because, body feels like chaos. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, I don't,
0: I don't know I'm tired. when I'm going to go poop. <laughs> might be hungry. I think I'm tired. Um, tired again? Too tired? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Because it, it is hard to feel like your body's not you don't trust it basically yeah um we talk about that in um setting boundaries with children Mm -hmm. and we will talk about it in this temperament podcast (laughs) but um structure and guidelines help children feel safe and (laughs) uh, even in your body rhythms it helps you feel safe and um think about feeling constipated listeners it feels bad it does yes yes (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that's, um, biological regularity. Adaptability is the third trait. And so we talked about that's how flexible you are to changes. Obviously the easy or uh, flexible flexible child is extremely flexible. You're like, Hey, change of plans. We actually have to go to the grocery store. I said we were going to play and they're like, great. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Hope there's samples. (laughs) Um, but the difficult child has a really, or, um, feisty, excuse me, has a really hard time Adjusting to changes, they need a lot of warning mm-hmm. that something's going to happen, that it's not going to be what you expected. You, um, we talk about this later too, or we will. Yeah. Um, how to support a, a child who struggles with adaptability? Right. Um, so because
1: we do, we yeah, know, we know those yes. kids,
0: <laughs> and that's why you see many nannies being like five minutes, yep. two minutes, three minutes. Um, a child who's slow to warm up or fearful. Again, I don't like the fearful label. Yeah. Um, they're slow to warm up. So uh, they will adapt, and eventually they'll have a positive response usually. Not always, because they're not robots. Mm -hmm. Um, But oftentimes they'll get there, but they might not like it at first, or they might not be thrilled, which is another reason why time warnings are super helpful for Mm -hmm. anybody caring for children. If you can let them know that something's going to change soon, that would be great. Yeah. Um, Also, adding structure to your day can really help you. For a person who, or a child who has a temperament style that is lower on the flexibility and adaptability range because they know what's going to happen. This is the time we run errands. Like, Mm -hmm. this is when we go to the park and play. This is when I have to have a bath. It helps them to know... Um, and you can do visual things for a child if they're too young and show right. them the pictures. This is what we do. So they can internalize that too.
1: Yeah. And I have found because, you know, we are shifting into summer, um,
0: Ooh, shifting party. Years,
1: Uh which is, it is kind of party like, but I have found- like a party for 10 hours <laughs> that never stops. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Um, but I have found that we are starting to use breakfast as mm. kind of this morning meeting
0: of Ooh.
1: What what. what are we going to do today? Yeah. Because sometimes I have plans for them. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes they have their own plans. They have their own plans. (laughs) Sometimes their parents have plans. Mm. Um, And so we use that time in the morning to kind of plot out the whole day. Yeah. Because there isn't as much structure. Yeah. And going from school. Yeah. Which is pretty structured. Yeah. um, To no school yeah is and they are very confused about when the weekends are
0: yeah <laughs> they're like maggie smith's character in downton abbey yeah. what is a weekend? end, a week end?
1: <laughs> yes exactly
0: nice and, and so living
1: that life and so yes i find that no matter no matter the yeah. temperament letting letting children know the general plan
0: well and that probably also helps your temperament style um yes. Knowing what to expect (laughs) is huge for me. Me too. And later we can talk about our temperament styles if you feel so inclined. Great. Um, But as a caregiver, it might be very important for you to know what to expect too. So yeah, that's for sure. That would be a very useful. (laughs) A lot of times with the child I nanny for now, I'm like, so here are the things we need to do. I'm going to talk to you about what's happening for the rest of the afternoon. Right. And I'm like, we need to do this, that, and the other. This, we can play to how do you want to divide it up? Yes. Because that also is a great tool for working with a child who might be slower to warm up or, and the child I'm with is highly flexible, but mm-hmm. uh, there's still a person who has opinions and desires about what they want to do with their day. So for sure. So, yeah. So that's, um, adaptability, um, approach withdrawal, which was the fourth trait. Um, is it, did you, did you get your question answered before yeah, that? Okay. Yeah, thank so, you. um, Children who will approach strangers with total ease have are generally the flexible child. Mm-hmm. Um, also not super great as a caregiver. You're like, I want you to be kind to other people, but I don't want you to like <laughs> jump in their van and right. go with them if they show you their dog. Or help them find a puppy. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Children should never help adults.
0: Yeah, well, that's a great... Seriously. But yeah, they, they've switched from
1: stranger danger to tricky adults. Yeah.
0: Or... Um, And they say, too, like uh, most kids will not accept candy from a stranger and they'll run away because they've been taught that. But they will go with the stranger who's looking for a dog or has a dog.
1: Yes. So this is just a little PSA to talk to your kids about how they should never uh, be asked to help an adult that they don't know.
0: And yes. And I tell the children that I nanny for, too, because they're like, will you pick me up? I'm like, yes, it will literally always be me or another adult you already know. Yeah. I said, your parents will never send someone you do not know to pick you up unless they have told you about it beforehand. Right. They will never do that. Yep. Because it's not safe. Yep. And so that helps them to be like, if an adult comes, because that was mm-hmm. a big thing my mom talked about. She was like, you never go with a person, even if they say my first and last name, <laughs> you never go with them. If you don't know them, do you understand? But that's, I mean, as a kid, you don't know. Right. So yeah. So you're it's like, worth, oh, you know my mom? Okay. It's worth She talking said to come about. with you. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So Side a lot of approach, <laughs> while flexible in uh, temperament style, not always the greatest. Right. Um, the opposite of that is the uh, withdrawal yeah. and like the extreme withdrawal, kicking, screaming, crying, mm-hmm. don't talk to me, I hate you. Um, <laughs> to strangers, that would be the feisty child. Right. And somewhere in the middle, the standoffish at first, but then slowly warms up would be the slow to warm up.
1: And in the course of, uh, life, I think that for, uh, this particular trait is the safest. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dating. (laughs) Yes. New jobs. Yes. Yes. So there's, and that's like, goes back to the idea that there isn't one good or bad temperament. Right. Um, and you can be up and down the scale on these traits too. So, um, you might have like a lot of hyper, um, activity, Mm -hmm. but you might also be like super, you, you might have a medium threshold for intensity of emotion. Right. So it's like, you could be on both ends of the spectrum and it's okay. Yes. (laughs) Um, okay. So sensitivity thresholds, I don't remember what number we're on, but I could count one, two, three, four, five is the fifth one. So Uh we talked about that's how much stimulus it takes to, um, get a response from a child. Right. So, um, if you have a very low sensitivity threshold, that's feisty. Mm-hmm. So, like a book drops and they start screaming. Mm-hmm. Low, low sensitivity threshold. That's feisty. It can be more challenging for yeah. the caregiver. Um,
1: oh, my stepdad yeah. has that. Yeah,
0: that particular
1: trait. It's it's interesting, if isn't it? Like a door slams, he gets you see agitated. Him get upset. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's really fascinating. It stays with you. Yeah. It's I think that's so interesting. I yeah, wonder if I you asked too. him if he would say like yes I've had that my whole life. Probably like, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. Um he's had it my whole life. So. I wonder too <laughs> if he would be that way throughout all s- like stimulus, like if it's just noises or if it's just if it's like noises and like how itchy something is. So like hmm. it has to do with like your body as well. Yeah. Like it's basically your sensory input. Yeah. And how how much input does it take to get some kind of response from you? Yeah. So, um, like somebody who has who doesn't like a lot of bold flavors, mm-hmm. they might have a lower sensitivity threshold because mm. um, they immediately they're like, ah, oh, this is too much right. flavor. So they might eat more bland foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's feisty. A higher sensitivity threshold can be. I mean, this is kind of like one of those two where it's like it, it kind of depends on yeah. how it pairs with other traits. So um, usually, like the medium here for this one is like because you, if something hurts you, right. you do you should respond. So that can be slow to warm up, or it could be um, flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, having a high sensitivity threshold can be a sign of many other like things going on with the child that you should probably have a specialist look at because. Right. It can run with sensory input issues um, where, like, you're not, your brain isn't processing your sensory input. So, at that point, I would recommend seeing an OT, yes. which is an occupational therapist. Um, <laughs> so, That's a whole nother issue. Like if it, if you're touching something hot and you don't notice or you see the child needs a lot of squeezing or running into things, some children will hit their head into walls because they have a low sensitivity threshold or a high sensitivity threshold and they're looking for input and they're not getting it because their their thresholds so high. Yeah. So, um, sometimes you see it on the autism spectrum, Mm -hmm. um, but also it can just be a sensory issue. Yeah. Um, in which case an OT can help you get a sensory diet for the child. So, yep worth it. Um, six is intensity of emotional response. So once you do, like we said, um, get that response, what does it look like? Is it, and this can be for the feisty child. It's a high emotional response, and that can be positive or negative. Right, They can, like, scream and laugh and be delighted, mm-hmm. or they can scream and cry and be very upset, mm. or scream and be enraged, or yeah. it's just, like, the intensity is, like, through the roof, so high mm-hmm. um, tends to be feisty. Uh, low, I guess it could be slow to Either, warm up. Yeah. That one's kind of more in the... It has more flexibility than the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then um, for... My brain is like a jumble of like all these words because <laughs> I'm saying this so much. We're yeah. juggling flexible. nine yeah. things. Yes. Um, the flexible child tends to be sort of appropriately paired, if you will. Not okay. really. But like their responses seem to fit what's happened. Right. Um. Although I would say personally that all responses often fit it because of, there's an emotional thing happening for the child. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, your behavior is different than your emotional response. So that's... Right. Some gray area there. Like you're not, you can't control your feelings, but you can control how you act. So there's a line, um, (laughs) which we can talk about too. When we talk about supporting these temperament styles, um, distractibility. So if you, um, have high distractibility, you're usually on the feisty Feisty, threshold. If you have, um, low distractibility that can be flexible, that can be slow to warm up. Also, in the middle, can be flexible or slow to warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sometimes you want your child to be distractible because right. you might be trying to speak to them, yes, and they might just be <laughs> reading, playing, just tuning you out, basically, because they're so literally
1: focused. don't hear you. Yeah, exactly. So that's I've been experiencing that yeah, a lot lately. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's and it's hard because it's so frustrating as an adult. Um, I know we talked about that mm-hmm. at International Nanny Training Day about yeah. like sometimes it takes an additional new stimulus, not just your voice, but like touching them or getting next to them so that they can see you mm-hmm. so that it brings you back into their world for a minute. Yeah. Um, so that can I, be both.
1: I did the what color are my eyes today oh, did it trick. Work. And, but then he was like, what color are my eyes today? (laughs)
0: You're like, another good question. Yes. Were they different than usual or were they the same? They were the same, but I tried to make it special.
1: Tell them about the trick. Oh, so the trick is when uh, you want to tell a child something and they are seem distracted that you get down on their level and say, Hey, what color are my eyes today? Because a lot of times kids don't know that eyes stay the same color, but I was told that my eyes were black.
0: See, Yeah. You get a lot of interesting answers and, too. and my
1: eyes are You've, green.
0: You have like hazily though, I, I do. would count. So, so yours kind of change. Are, mine are a Girl kind with of kaleidoscope tricky. eyes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but black was not what I expected. Yeah. But Sometimes then, you get
0: white too. You're like, yeah. well, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Part of them are yeah. white. And yep. that helps them, too, to know that this is not, like, an admonishment. Yeah, you like you're, like, just needing them
1: to listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just got to talk to them about something yeah. for, for a minute.
0: And usually the children will crack a smile, too, yes. and they'll be like, what color are your eyes today? <laughs> yep. Um, and then sometimes ask yes. you
1: what color their eyes yes, are. Yes, I love that.
0: Me, before. too. Um, that's awesome. So, yes, great tip for limiting the effect of distractibility. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, great. And then
0: eight is quality of mood. So how often are they in a positive or negative mood? Right. Um, And in between slow to warm ups, usually in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, flexible is usually on the positive range mm-hmm. and feisty is usually on the negative range. Mm-hmm. Although certainly all those children can experience all those emotions. Right. Because that's how humans work. <laughs> um, and then the last one is persistence slash attention span. Um, typically the flexible child can work, um, and the slow to warm up child can work for longer on specific activities, um, without being distracted because the distractibility is in there, right? Right. So, um, and typically the feisty child, um, will be more likely Actually that's not true. I think they can fall on both ends of the spectrum. Okay. So they can yeah, either be extremely persistent, so much so that it's like, please just let me help you <laughs> or they can be on the other I end can't of the spectrum. But- yes, exactly. So and it can,
1: are some children, <laughs> do they just live at both ends of that spectrum? Sometimes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you want help, but you don't want help. Right. I, me too. Yeah. And, me too. and that's how I live sometimes. I'm like, yeah. I wanted you to help, but I didn't want to have to tell you. <laughs> it took me a long time to stop dating like that. Yeah. I was like, I well, and then they'll do the thing. This is my dating life. Um, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, well, I did it. And I'll be like, well, no, I don't even want you to because I had to tell you. Right. right. So like. That's kind of one of those things with like persistence and mm-hmm. you know, yep. but it's like you can want both because we're complex, yeah, complex we beautiful are. souls. Yes. So yeah, does that does that help? That kind of a walkthrough. So much. Yeah. Thank you. And so it matters to because you're like, well, Katie, <laughs> you said some of them count for both, and they do, and it matters in relationship to the other nine traits. Right. So if you some might be like middle of the road mm-hmm. and they could go either way, but depending on how your other um, eight traits would fall. You would be categorized into one of these temperament styles.
1: Great, yeah, that was very helpful. You are welcome. So let's talk about uh, how we support these temperament styles. Yeah, because
0: that's our
1: job. I would
0: love that. <laughs> um, so first, I would love to start with the flexible child uh-huh. because it um, it can be easy to overlook this child right Right? yeah because this child is positive we've heard regular (laughs) um with their body functions they sleep regularly they um, are mostly in a good mood yes they're um high usually able to be highly focused at a task low distractibility um their activity levels sort of at homeostasis for the most part. So it's easy to be like that kid's fine without me. Right. And like, <laughs> yep. kind of go live your life. Yeah. And if you have, um, multiple personality, uh, temperament styles, I should say, cause personality style is different. Yeah. Um, if you have multiple temperament styles in the same household and one is feisty or slow to warm up in addition to this quote unquote easy or flexible child, it can be very easy to put that child on a back burner. Right. Yeah. I would say don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Each child needs your time and attention. They need Mm -hmm. personalized time and attention and affection, Mm -hmm. no matter what temperament style they are. Right. So um, just making sure, I mean, that's really the main thing you can do for this uh, temperament style is make sure that they are getting time and attention Mm -hmm. with you. Also make sure that you're touching base with them about maybe something that that's negative in their life too, so that they can share these feelings. Cause they might not, they might be there, but they might not pop up as often. Right. So, and they might
1: not have as much practice
0: mm -hmm. with sharing
1: it or, or words. Yeah. Yeah. Or with needing to ask for that help because they haven't had to before. So I would think that when an obstacle comes up for them, it might be, uh they don't harder. Know. Yeah. yeah, they
0: don't know. Exactly.
1: And then they have outgrown the age that you would maybe quote unquote jump normally yeah. talk about that or yeah, jump in to help yeah. them. And so you're like, you'll figure it out and they're like, but I've never done this.
0: I literally before. had no practice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, so that's just a keeping great suggestion. that in mind yeah. that the, this particular one as they come up against mm-hmm. things might need a little bit more help because yeah. they haven't had as much practice.
0: Yeah, and because they they don't present many red flags Mm -hmm. so it's easy to put their development in those social emotional areas on a back burner but they need just as much um encouragement and guidance as the others sometimes the others will need uh, a different kind of support from you but they're still a child and they still have feelings and it's even with a flexible personality or temperament style I'm gonna I wonder how many times I'm gonna say (laughs) that tonight even with a flexible temperament style you can still experience great pain and sadness and frustration and people are going to do things to you that you don't like. And even if you're adaptable and you can let it go later, you're still going to have to deal with and process those emotions. So that's really important. And correct me if I'm wrong,
1: Mm -hmm. but it seems to me that, um, the flexible temperament style is potentially where a lot of the people pleasers
0: Live, yeah, I could see that. Um, I haven't, I haven't done any personal longitudinal <laughs> research, yeah. but I could see that very easily because, um also, I think slow to warm up could as well. Yeah, although they're probably less likely to jump on board immediately, but right. yeah, because if you, you tend to be more quote unquote go with the flow, right? Um, and usually more positive, so you're more likely to cater to other people, maybe, mm-hmm. especially if there's a bolder a temperament style living in your house or yeah. in your classroom or happens to be your best friend because all these temperament styles get along cool, with exist. each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, or sometimes they don't, but right. sometimes they do. Um, and sometimes you might be married to someone with a drastically different temperament or, um, <laughs> my boyfriend has a drastically different temperament than me. <laughs> um, even like sleep functions and how right. he eats and like, uh, time of like, he like no schedule, no schedule for that one. Right. And I'm like <laughs> highly scheduled. Let's plan out my day to the 15 minute intervals. Yeah. So we're very different, but we love each other. He's amazing. Right. Um, so sometimes they can help each other grow and they can be naturally, um, attractive to each other. Right. So
1: yeah, yeah. I just was thinking about that because yeah. that's something, you know, yeah, you and I struggle with yeah. and I think, helping uh, a lot of nannies, uh, are potential people pleasers, yeah, and so just keeping that in mind—that's true. It to might not be- like create more, yeah people-pleasers.
0: It may be good to help them learn boundaries in that yeah. way about yeah. like, how do you, so maybe that's the goal also for this, um, mm-hmm. easy slash flexible temperament is to, how do you help them say no to people? Yeah. And how do you help them know when they really do or don't want to do something? And like, cause that's a hard barometer to read, especially if people have mowed it down your whole life. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, that's a really great suggestion. Yeah, thanks. Um, You're like, it's like I do this professionally.
1: I I learned from watching you.
0: No, I'm sure that's not (laughs) true. But
1: if you do, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my nanny kid is totally in the flexible Mm -hmm. category or one of them or both of them or all of them, um, (laughs) then I would suggest listening to the boundaries episode. Because I think that that would be helpful in helping support that child.
0: The Boundaries episode will also help you um, with the feisty temperament, I will say, for Uh how you are willing to be treated. Right. Um, Because everyone must know that there are limits to what everyone will tolerate behavior-wise.
1: Yep. So... Just go listen yeah. to the Boundaries episode. And the if Power Struggles If you haven't listened won. to it in a while, just, like, listen to it again. <laughs> um, and, yes, the Power Struggles power struggles will also really help. Good. Power Struggles with kids. Power Struggles with parents. Yeah. Because parents also have I loved all styles. those episodes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, great. So let's talk about Slow to Warm Up. Yes. How we okay. can support
0: them. So Slow to Warm Up, this is primarily where you need a lot of warnings for, like, five minutes until we leave. Sometimes I do like, I'm going to warn you at 10 minutes and five minutes and two minutes Mm -hmm. before I even get to like, I'm like, this is how this is going to go down. Right. Um, so mentioning to the children, what your plan is, um, be very clear with them about what's going to happen. Um, some of these are similar for the feisty temperament too. So, um, some experts suggest rehearsing anticipated changes or uncomfortable Uh things. So if you're starting at a new school, maybe there's, maybe for a week you drive up to the school, you walk up to the door mm-hmm. and then you're like, and this is what will happen next. Right. And so they have something in their mind. So they're, cause the warming up period is happening before school starts. Right. So on the first day of school, it's that an it easier be. transition for you because right. you've already put in the work. Um, so that's something that I would recommend. Um, yeah. And other people would recommend try not to pressure the child to kiss grandma or shake hands or give this stranger a hug. First of all, body autonomy. Yeah. Um, and secondly, um, they're going to warm up is the right. whole idea here is <laughs> that you don't need to call them shy Mm -hmm. you can just say they just like to take their time when they're meeting new people. Right. And the less of a big deal you make about it, the more accepted that child's going to feel and the more safe they're going to feel, which is going to make them more likely to warm up. (laughs) Yep. Um, but if they feel forced, they're going to dig in deeper and withdraw further. Right. Um, because Mm -hmm. who likes to be forced to do something? Not I, no one. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know anybody who is like, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then some of the other tactics that we're going to talk about are feisty and slow to warm up okay, so great. we can yeah, transition to that. Transition right in. Um, okay. This one is where uh, I have the most notes I wrote down uh-huh. and that's probably because it's where a lot of caregivers struggle the most is right. how to care for and love and help the feisty children grow. Mm-hmm. Um, how to help them have not an easier life, but, um, more natural responses and social interactions that are pro-social, right? How right. do I encourage sharing and kindness and honesty? Um, those are called pro-social skills, mm-hmm. um, which leads into a bigger thing called democratic life skills, which is what <laughs> preschool teachers teach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why the more money, you s- or for every dollar you spend on quality early childhood education, I think in California they did a study, you save like hundreds of thousands of dollars Per person, yeah, for penitentiary yeah. fees. So I'd have to look that up. Maybe we can yeah. link you to it on the page. But it's yeah. like it's because they're learning these pro social skills, these democratic life skills, right? Um, um,
1: and just so you guys listening know that this uh, temperament style feisty yeah. is the reason that we're doing this because we had a question about a baby who was just consistently crying yes there was nothing like the no colic the no. nanny yeah. was like i fed her yeah. or him i yeah. can't remember I it's a boy um i fed him i like he's well rested yeah. i pick him up and then yeah. he's happy for a few minutes and then he doesn't want to be up anymore yeah. so yeah um that's where all of this yes. started. And it's stressful
0: too. That nanny expressed fear of being like, I'm afraid the mom's going to fire me. Right. And the mom has a nanny cam and the mom's like, he's crying. Why is he crying? And she's like, I don't know what to say. Cause I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, and that, that is something they talk about too in temperament styles. Like if you have cared for the fundamental needs, if the child is clean, if the child's, Um, And when I say clean, I mean diaper change, nothing. If there's no hair tourniquets on their toes, that's when a piece of hair wraps around so tight and cuts off circulation and it's really painful. Yeah. So if a baby's screaming uncontrollably and you don't know why check for hair tourniquets on the fingers and toes Um, and
1: on the penis.
0: Oh, I've never, I've, I guess I've, I've never I just for a baby boy. I
1: read about that. Yeah. That that can be a problem. Yeah. That sounds because you're having your long, curly hair. Yeah. And so yeah. I I worry about that.
0: Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Um, good to know. Yeah. Um, and if the child is well fed, no hair tourniquets on their private areas or toes and right. fingers. <laughs> um um that was a such a vivid image too. I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm having trouble moving on. <laughs> um if they're fed, but I just i are not felt like that was yeah. worth yes, mentioning it definitely, because
1: it could be a problem. And it would be overlooked too because yes. it's covered.
0: Right. Um for sure. And I will move beyond the image of it. Okay, thank you. Um <laughs> I'm getting to the part where it's like, oh no, right. Something yeah. is wrong. Um <laughs> in But the, if they yeah. are
1: if they are all their basic needs are yes, met. Yes,
0: exactly. And you've checked that they're not too hot and they're not too cold sometimes it's okay to just let that baby cry Right, and know that this is the baby. And be there with them. Yes. Like you're there. Yes. And I personally believe in cool down time. So if your frustration level is rising too high, go to the other room, take a few breaths. But also know it's not a reflection on you. Right. If this is the baby's temperament, it's okay. It's okay that the baby's crying. Um, So long as you've met all the fundamental needs. So that's for if it's like really a baby, but also sometimes for older children too. Right. Um, so if they're older and even like slow to warm up and I would say easy as well, give the children words for what you see them experiencing. Mm So, um, a flexible child who maybe wouldn't complain about having an itchy sweater Mm -hmm. or a feisty child who's screaming about it or a slow to warm up child who Mm -hmm. hasn't said anything yet. They're not sure they want to. (laughs) You can be like, Hey, I'm noticing you're scratching your arms and legs or arms and shoulders a lot maybe that shirt is itchy. Is that shirt too itchy? Would you like to change? Uh So you help them realize like, Oh, there is a problem. We could solve it. And I think that's beneficial for all the children involved. Um, or Hey, this soup seems too hot for you. Maybe we should put an ice cube in it. And you can even say like, I'm noticing because you put it in your mouth and then you make a face or you put it in your mouth and then you like, open your mouth and up and drop all the soup out. Yeah. So, or make a noise. Yes, or, yeah. Um, whatever you're observing. Yeah. Yeah. And so the child then realizes too, especially if you say it in that tone of voice mm-hmm. where there's no judgment involved or, um, emotional response from you, <laughs> which is like a key that the child doesn't feel judged right. and the child's like, Oh, Hey, that is a problem. They're more likely to calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, So encouraging self-awareness and coping strategies for a feisty child is really helpful and slow to warm up Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, this is what I've noticed. Like it seems to be hard for you when we go to swim lessons or, um, what do you think might help you in this time? Mm -hmm. And then like, let's talk about why is that hard for you? What are you, are you afraid? Do you just not like it? Um, slow to warm up children and feisty children benefit from goodbye routines. Uh I don't know if, and even, um, Flexible children do. I'd put flexible in quotes, but I was <laughs> going to say easy, but my brain changed it. Nice. Uh, beforehand. So no need for the air quotes. Um, flexible children, too. Um, yeah. As a teacher, we preach this and preach this. And especially for the parents who have trouble dropping their kids off or nannies, mm-hmm. nannies are usually better at it than right. parents. <laughs> um, to have a routine say, like, I give you five pushes on the swings. Or I give you a hug and a kiss and a high five and then I leave. Right. And then you must actually leave mm-hmm. because it helps the child know what to expect. It's creating structure. It's creating expectations. And that helps the child, especially if they're slow to warm up and or feisty because they know this is happening and then that's going to happen. Right. So they know what to expect. So it's yeah. less scary. It takes a lot of the fear out of it. They know it's time to transition. And I'm, um, oh my gosh, we, <laughs> as teachers, we cannot preach it enough. works in swim lessons works in ice skating lessons i mean and it could be something that the child comes up with you could come up with it together um both when they get older you can have a cool handshake yes and i don't recommend i recommend (laughs) handshakes and things like that i think that's great i don't recommend it being reliant on another human right like when sarah gets to class we'll leave because what happens when sarah's absent one day right so, or don't make the handshake with Sarah. It's your goodbye routine. You two do the handshake. You guys go.
1: Because I will tell a brief story about when <laughs> I was a child. Please do. And uh, I always got picked up before my best friend, Emily. Yeah. Um, As a child or my good friend. Yeah. I don't like best friend. I don't like that That's title. True. Yeah. Uh, So my really good friend and like my aftercare buddy, yeah. Emily. Yeah. But I always got picked up first because my mom got off work slightly before her mom. Yeah. And so, but one day, oh, no. Emily got picked up first. And so I thought my mom <laughs> had forgotten about oh. me. Um, it turns out Emily just had a doctor's appointment, Tragedy
0: but she though. was already gone. <laughs> oh, and no. so
1: she couldn't relay that information. Yeah. The aftercare teachers didn't know. Oh. And so I, but they were like, no, your mom usually comes at this time. But I was so far gone yeah. emotionally at that point yeah. that I wasn't able to Too hear that. Too hard to come back
0: up the ledge. <laughs> yeah. But
1: yes. So don't make it yeah. about another person. Yeah. I <laughs>
0: mean, seriously, because that will
1: happen. Emily people's... will leave before yeah. you
0: and <laughs> yeah. then you'll be... Driving so straight sad. off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, thank you. I mean, not great at the time, but I like it now. Yeah. And now it teaches yeah. an important lesson. Yeah. <laughs> um, similarly, I don't know if this counts th- quite the same. I am always early to pick up the child I nanny for. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I come on time. But when I do that, the child I nanny for thinks I'm late <laughs> and oftentimes cries Because they're like, where were you? And I'm like, it's literally the time that I'm allowed to pick you up. I'm just usually here five minutes before because it's my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's been interesting. Um, And one of her teachers was like, "Um, you should try picking her up at different times and intentionally being late because it will help help her her. cope, Mm -hmm. Um, which I haven't quite tied. I I do. If there's a flexible pickup time, sometimes I will vary it for her. Right. Um, and she's grown a lot in that regard. So maybe, great. and I would say she's a flexible child. So maybe they need help sometimes. Right. With certain things. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that yeah. is like we talked about. We all that all they, yeah. yeah. They have personalities. Even flexible <laughs> yes. children need you to pay attention. Yes. yes.
0: And they have preferences yep. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's see where we are on my full list of things. (laughs) Um, so you should always, um, give personalized time, attention, and affection to all the temperament styles. Mm -hmm. Um, focus on the children's strengths and avoid name calling, even labeling a child in a positive way. Um, is not beneficial. Right. And I will tell you why. Please do. So, in teaching um, in early childhood education, we, we have a phrase called labeling is disabling. Mm-hmm. And it is because even a positive label um, makes you anxious. Mm hmm. Um, so if it's a positive label, if someone's like, I really like that, you're always on time. Avoid phrases like always and never, mm-hmm. because what happens when you're not, then you feel you're like that person's affection for you is conditional. Right. Um, you also will label yourself with names, um, that people have given you over the years. And I don't know about you, Martha, or you people listening, but it has taken me years to undo the labels that people have given to me that don't actually apply Right. as a grown woman. Yeah. It's taken me years. Or even if they do
1: apply because you're a complex person and a a label puts you in a box and puts expectations on you. And yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Even positive ones. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's also, um, it can be offensive too if you, if you label incorrectly. So Mm -hmm. like I identify as an introvert, Mm -hmm. like super hard introvert, which my close friends know Mm Mm-hmm. And would never be like, no, you're not. But people who don't know me are like, you're not an introvert. You're an extrovert. And it used to make me so mad. It used to hurt my feelings and yeah. enrage me because I was like, you obviously know nothing about me to say yeah. this. Um, turns out my Myers-Briggs personality test is like, you're the introvert everyone thinks is an extrovert. And I was like, oh, oh that explains it. <laughs> that explains um, so much. So I take it less personally now. Um, but anytime you label someone, it it's... It's not necessary. It's hurtful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's not hurtful, it creates pressure to fulfill expectations. And you don't need to do that to a child or just a child. Yeah. You don't need to make them feel like your love is conditional on how flexible they are. Or like, oh, you're so flexible. Um, your brother is, he's feisty. <laughs> I don't recommend no um, ever comparing temperaments with the children in a positive or negative light. Right. Um, I think you can reference temperaments and be like, that's just your temperament. Everyone has a temperament. Temperaments are just what they are. There's nothing wrong or right about them. Mm -hmm. They're just part of you. Um, and you can recognize how temperaments affect styles and things like that. You can talk about with this, this with the children, um, but avoid any positive or negative judgment. And that's actually super hard to do. Yeah. Because we're naturally inclined to deliver judgment. Right. <laughs> um, so try and not And
1: also keep in mind that children are probably naturally inclined to hear judgment. Yes. So you're naturally inclined to deliver it. Yes. They're naturally inclined to hear it. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind and be extra yeah. special careful. Yes,
0: especially a child who is feisty or slow to warm up in a family that is not. Uh-huh. Because you are more likely to be, um, you can sense that you are frustrating your family members mm-hmm. um, and that's really hard and that yeah. feels really bad and you already worry probably that maybe they won't love you at one point and when you withhold judgment and you often speak in a non-judgmental tone n- implying no positive or negative thing about it a child's more likely to have less reactions with you Mm -hmm. because they feel less judged. I know, I think it was Pascal who talked about nonviolent communication on your podcast. She definitely Uh, did. My roommate has that book and I, I mean, she's talked to me about it. I can't wait to read it. And when Pascal suggested it, I was like, "Oh, I should read that book. (laughs) And then Uh, you'll let me borrow it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, and just the things my roommate has told me, uh, some of it I've learned from a book called tell me no lies, which Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about on this Mm -hmm. podcast about lie inviting behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, like when you make it clear that there's a right or wrong (laughs) answer, the person's going to be more likely to lie to you. Um, so that kind of stuff, you can actually change your child's response pattern by lowering like judgment speech. So that's kind of an important thing to remember if your child.
1: Yeah. And keeping in mind that, I mean, I, I don't know about all children. This is totally from my personal experience, but in school there are. Often yes. is a right or wrong answer, yes. or it's presented in that way, yes. and so um, that that habit is being formed. Yeah, um, and so just keeping that in mind. Yeah. because I was very Hermione Granger about rule it follower, all. rule follower, yeah. and um, unless I didn't agree with the rule,
0: and then you're a rule breaker, huh?
1: just like Hermione. Like, like it, <laughs> yeah. um, you it's switch a very, over. <laughs> it's a very Gryffindor thing. I love him, a, but. <laughs> But yes, I yeah. uh, I just keep that in mind that at yeah. school there's right and wrong and it's a little
0: bit more yeah. divided. Yeah.
1: And you have the flexibility as a nanny mm-hmm. to help them grow in this Absolutely.
0: way. Yep. And when you have tools like tell me more or mm-hmm. um, today we were uh, making the child I nanny for lunch to go to camp and... Mm-hmm. And she has applesauce in cups Uh and she has applesauce in a jar. And when we make it, it was oatmeal in a thermos and we we add applesauce to it. And I was like, will you grab me a cup of applesauce? And her mom was also in the kitchen and uh, she's like, I'm going to give you a jar instead. I don't want to give you a cup. (laughs) And her mom was like, "Mm." and I was like, oh, could I have a cup though instead? Is that okay? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay a jar's fine and I'm fine with using the jar, but could you tell me more about why you want to use the jar instead of the cup, cup? So I can just understand where you're coming from. And she had zero, like she didn't try to fight me. Her tone was totally fine. Like it was not aggressive in any way. Right. And she was like, yeah, I just want to save the cups for when we don't have jars. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And her mom was like, you're so nice. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's also the education in this right. that helps. Um, but that kind of it can stop a fight in its tracks yeah. if you don't judge and you're just and you're open-minded, like mm-hmm. you said. There's no right or wrong, and just. Were you
1: also like? Then can you also bring me a spoon?
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. am really good at pouring things without needing spoons. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. When we started making her oatmeal, when I started with him, like, um, oh gosh, almost four years ago now. Um, what we did was what happened was. We would use like eight spoons because it's like flax and brown sugar oh, and yeah. um, applesauce and cinnamon and salt and nut mix, which is her allergy mix of nuts so okay. that she retains her immunity to her former allergies oh. and raisins. So it's uh-huh. like we were using like five and then there was like a mixing spoon and then there mm-hmm. was a tasting spoon. Now we use one spoon because I've streamlined the process. Nice. <laughs> I shake it all out of the bag <laughs> <Well done. laughs> or the jar or the applesauce yes. cup, but yeah. So it's, it's just being open-minded and that will help you so much. If you can try to think about things from the child's perspective, to think about ways that they could be right. Um, and also who cares who's right a lot of yeah. times, you know, is the relationship more important than being right? The mm-hmm. answer is pretty much always no if it's a valuable relationship in your life.
1: Wait, is the relationship more important oh, than being right? So is, the answer I is yes. I meant the yes. other way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I saw you squint your eyes. The was, answer is always yes. doing the it's math. It's never from... more important to yeah. be right than it is to maintain a positive relationship with the people you love. Exactly. That's the point. Yes. yes. My bad. No. It's probably late now. I don't know what time it is. It's
1: very late. It's
0: 930. Woo. Um. <laughs> that's my Cinderella time. Yes. Um, no, but uh, yes. Yeah. So there's, that's a really great tactic for helping with feisty children or any yeah. child, really. Yeah. Um, that one's well worth exploring yeah, no matter who you name is. Absolutely. We're just speaking with, <laughs> yes, or adults or your loved ones, yes. um, for people or children who have high distractibility, uh, speaking in short, simple directions really helps you mm-hmm. get the results you're looking for, mm-hmm. um, the cooperation you're needing. Um, I think there's a thing about men and women too, where they were like, mm-hmm. men stop listening after four minutes. Mm-hmm. So you should try to get in the most important points in those first four minutes because they're done after that. Yeah. Um,
1: there's also there's a podcast called The Notable Woman that hmm. um, my friend Kristen uh, Downs makes, and she uh, had a guest on that talked about the difference in raising girls and boys which yeah. I know I've also done an yeah. episode on that but she had I think you did too um yeah I might have <laughs> uh but she had uh, a person on that was talking about how boys and language especially yeah. early in their life mm-hmm. and how um telling a boy you know you need to put on your shoes and then we can go to the park. It's too much. Yeah. First (laughs) shoes,
0: then park. Yeah. That's to just cut out all that language. So that's how they, uh, teach you in schools too. Mm -hmm. So I work with three and four year olds in school. The child I nanny for will be eight. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked all around the range though, like six months, three months up to, I think 10 maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's important because sometimes it's hard and it's, I mean, for me too, right? Like, can you go over that one more time what I'm supposed to do? (laughs) Um, so the younger they are too, especially if you can use a first then statement Mm -hmm. and with the least amount of words possible. Right. Um, and developmentally, they can't really follow a three-step command until they're four. Mm -hmm. So So keep that in mind. Shorten it down. Um, yeah. So, uh, also another way to support children who are of a feisty or a slow to warm up temperament, Um, is to limit their choices so Mm -hmm. this might sound like a negative but it's actually helpful because it takes away the overwhelming um part of choosing something from like imagine if you i've experienced this once in the grocery store (laughs) you're in a salsa aisle you're like i need some salsa imagine they have four jars of salsa versus like a hundred right and i was like why are there so many salsas here Mm -hmm. and i i was paralyzed i didn't know what to do Children also feel that way, but they have less skills and less, <laughs> um, executive functioning skills at this point to think mm-hmm. through their problems. So if you're like, would you like to go to the park or would you like to take your bath right now? Would, and offering choices gives them a sense of control, right? which helps them to feel more regulated in their own body, better sense of dignity. You're less likely to get a, um, meltdown, mm-hmm. um, so it,
1: it's so some choices and we've talked about letting kids pick their own clothing yes um but potentially working up from you lay out three outfits yeah two or three shirts and like you pick the pants or yeah. you can work your way up um to eventually they can choose from yeah.
0: anything if
1: they're ready yeah if and sure. when they're ready or some kids this just is our like school you drawer. to yeah.
0: like help yeah some kids, you're like, I'm. I'm wanting you to help yourself now. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's a hard stage to be in where it they're is. like, "Can you help?" I'm like, "I can," but I'm also working on you <laughs> solving the problem by yourself right now. So, oh yes, I'm gonna suggest you just instead of the thing you want me to hold, you just take that thing and put it on the ground, uh-huh. and then take the thing you need, and then put that other thing back. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to help me. I know. I know, I know you, you do. do. I can. I hear
1: that you want yes. me to help you, <laughs> and I
0: want you to learn some problem solving by yourself tactics. Um, yes. So limiting choices, offering dignified choices. Um, it's all very important for Mm -hmm. children who are struggling. Um, I think the shirt idea is great for like, this is like even laying out the choices that helps them as Mm -hmm. they work up. Um, kind of scaffolding is what they call it a lot of times. Um, yeah. Um, respect their preferences likewise so if they're like oh i hate this shirt it's Mm -hmm. itchy so maybe you could be like let's talk to your parents and see if we can donate it right um i with the child i nanny for we go through her drawers together and she makes a pile of things she thinks she's never gonna wear Mm -hmm. things that she just doesn't like or things that she thinks won't fit her anymore okay and then we put them in a pile for her mom and dad to review to make sure we're not (laughs) like donating grandma's Yes. old confirmation sweater or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so they go through it and then I take it to the donation store, whatever's left in the pile. Mm-hmm. Um, but that helps the child voice their autonomy and right. helps them learn to sort of self-advocate right. for what they will and won't do and what they do and don't want. Um, that's great for all temperaments, I yeah. would say. Um, that also goes for food. I know people mm-hmm. really struggle... Power struggles over food. Right. Which we have a whole, yeah. we
1: have several episodes actually. Yeah. That talk about that.
0: Don't do that. Don't. Yeah. And it's, it's hard not, not it. to. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's more likely to lead to an eating disorder for that yeah. child. And, um, so don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, I understand the temptation to. Mm-hmm. Um, I also used to be tempted and it comes from a good place of mm-hmm. wanting so much to, um, help the child have proper nutrition and learn to be well-rounded but kids go on food jags is what they're called where they're like I'm only gonna eat this one thing I'm gonna have hot dogs for a whole month and j- food jags end right um you can help by providing what's on the plate um but if there is something they really don't like respect it yeah I hate jello right I hate it yeah don't give me jello it's a texture thing yeah and I'm gonna also be mad at you and more likely to. <laughs> Show you I'm mad at you with my actions, and and less I can, likely to respect you.
1: I can't eat yogurt.
0: Yeah, alone. To make you gag. Yeah, before uh,
1: 11 a.m.
0: Really? I do it before
1: 11 a.m. But and after
0: 11, you can. Yeah. I wonder
1: why. I my gag reflex is always worse in the morning. That's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So some other strategies you can consider are considering more structure in your schedule, which mm-hmm. actually sounds counterintuitive, but really helps. Um, the child who is feisty or slow to warm up because then they know what to expect. As we talked about earlier, um, this is Martha's. I wrote this, it it actually said like a quiet cool down <laughs> space, but I wrote chill zone. Chill zone. Because Martha found a really <laughs> cool picture on the internet. Go ahead, Martha. They,
1: well, they made it look like Antarctica. It was so cute. And it was so cute. And so you can put lots of fluffy things that um are a good place if you're feeling really angry or upset yeah. or just any strong emotion. You can go into the chill zone or the cool down area yeah. and uh, it's themed like Antarctica and it had uh books with penguins That's which m- help me feel better.
0: That that helps me feel better too, the penguins. Pretty, they're are adorable. so adorable. yes, they're so cute and there's so many different kinds of and them. And they're fascinating. <laughs> adorable, fascinating, variety-filled. Yes. What more is there to like? And so but anyway, the point is that
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you when a child is feeling very upset, they can Put, they can take themselves to the chill yeah. zone or the cool down area and take a few minutes yeah. to cool down emotionally. Because uh, in Pascal's episode, I think Power Struggles with Children, mm-hmm. she talked about how uh, anger literally short-circuits your brain. Yeah. So you can't think logically yeah.
0: when you are angry. Yeah. Um, and so some psychologists call it your lizard brain. It activates your lizard brain, which is like fight or flighty.
1: Yeah. Um, Fight,
0: flight or freeze, which is yes, exactly. (laughs) From a book, Martha had me read, um, which is why you may notice you have a hard time working out conflicts with people when you're mad. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think Pascal, one of her episodes, uh, I think it was the parent one. She was like, literally never talk about things when you're angry about yeah. them. That's a sign. You're not ready to talk about <laughs> it yet. Yep. If you're having an emotional response. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, for sure. And also interestingly, I don't, I don't know if I've told you about this on the podcast or in person or just as a fun fact, because <laughs> Martha and I like to share them. We do. So th- I want the listeners to do it too. Think of a time where you felt something really like a really strong emotion. Or uh-huh. like anxiety. Like think about that right now. Okay. Um, uh huh. And now think of the color eggplant. Okay. And now think of the taste of pepper and salt in your mouth. Mm. And now think of an ice cube on your skin. Okay. Are you still feeling those feelings of anxiety and fear or whatever you felt? No. That's because your sensory brain can't be engaged at the same time your feeling brain is engaged. Nice. So, if you are having a high emotional response, or the child you're caring for, perhaps a feisty one, mm-hmm. is having a high emotional response, engaging a different part of their brain short circuits their feeling brain. Yeah. So sometimes there's a time and a place for that. Sometimes there's not. Right. Because sometimes they need Isn't to do that.
1: Uh, is that called grounding?
0: I don't remember there is a effect or there's a strategy called grounding for people with anxiety where yeah. it's, I can't remember my friend told me about it, but it's like five things you yeah. see four things you maybe hear and then taste touch and smell. Right. Um, and I don't know the order of them, but right. that's the effect. I think that's the same idea is right. like, it brings you out of your anxious response. So that's mm-hmm. a fun tactic. You can also try with children who are feisty or having working any on child counting. Yes, <laughs> Exactly um, also works great for you when you're having an emotional response Um, because we do. Yeah. We're humans. Yes. And that comes with coaching self-control, which is another thing that you need to help, um, feisty or slow to warm up children experience, even, um, flexible children to be like, Hey, if they're yelling, that's Mm -hmm. actually too loud for my ears. It's hard to hear you. Um, (laughs) I had a child this past week who is like, I kept having to ask them what they were saying Uh because I don't know why. I just couldn't hear it. I was also doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. And they were like facing away from me. And I was like, what? What? And then the child started screaming every word. They were like, do you like? (laughs) And I was like, I let them finish their sentence. And I said, believe it or not, it's actually still hard. It's still hard for me to hear you when you're yelling. Right. But when you speak in a loud, not yelling calm voice it helps me to hear you better so I actually didn't hear that either and I I know it's frustrating to have to repeat it over (laughs) and over but do you think you could repeat it one more time I'm going to turn the water off and look at you right and the child did with no problem yeah um but saying things like that's too loud or um I know you're upset I can't let you hit your brother or me or whatever it is Let's go find something we can hit safely, like a pillow or Mm -hmm. a bed, or sort of respecting their impulses, but giving them self-control to do it safely. Right. Um, Because sometimes they do need to let those things out, because if you put a lid on a boiling pot of water, what happens? It will boil over. It sure does. (laughs) Every time. Yep. Which is great acting advice, but not great emotional regulation advice. Yeah. Um, yes. So coaching self-control and modeling pro-social behavior yourself, which is sort of what you do when you're upset, even walking them through that problem, um, sharing with them. I, so the kid I nanny for does this all the time. We have snack uh-huh. and she's always like. Can I have some of what you're having? Even if she had a choice to have that. And it's hard for me because I'm like, no, girl, I got this. Stuck. <laughs> you have a basket of it over there and you didn't want it. Right. Um, but I every time I tried to share a little bit with her for the act of her experiencing someone sharing with her every right. time. Yeah. And to see what it's like to have somebody model sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use similar phrases of like, I'm feeling really upset right now. Uh, Because they're like tiny sponges and everything you say and do can and will be used against you or for your benefit later. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're modeling what you want to see happen. That's really one of the surefire ways to teach them something is to make sure your behavior matches. Yeah. That's so, that's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We're coming to the end of my list here. Um, the last one is choose your battles and avoid power struggles. Um, which you can listen to the power struggles, avoiding power struggles one. Yeah. Um, asking yourself if it's more important to fight about this or argue about this or get your way. Is it more important than the feelings of this tiny human in front of you? Right. Um, probably not more important. Nope. I said it right that time. <laughs> you did. Awesome. I saw because Martha's eyes didn't go squinty like nope. she was trying to figure out <laughs> what I
1: had done wrong. I diagrammed your sentence She did. Earlier. She like looked I'm, at it. I'm teaching children how to
0: diagram sentences, I so I've it. been
1: doing it in my sleep. That's hilarious. Um, not my nanny kids, guys. Don't, no. Don't no. worry. These are she's, tutoring students that are older. real intent. <laughs> I'm not forcing
0: diagramming
1: sentences yeah. on just anyone. Although
0: that would be fun to do it in the air.
1: Yes, it would. Or on like the floor. Yeah. With tape. Um, and words that can move around. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, that was super helpful. So let's say you are a nanny, and, and I am. Oh, great. <laughs> this will be easy pretend. Um, <laughs> as in it's not pretend, it's real life. But, okay, but there's a, a second part. Okay, I'm ready. Of, uh, and you are listening to this and you're like, oh, I am feisty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my kids are flexible or slow to warm mm-hmm. up or um, any combination. You have a different temperament style yeah. from your kids and you're listening to this episode and you're like,
0: what
1: yeah um what is what are some things a nanny i mean a lot of it we just talked about because in meeting your kids where they are you're also helping yourself yes meet yourself where you are yes um But we talked at the beginning about how you need to adjust (laughs) your temperament. absolutely. And so some advice for that, I think would be lovely.
0: Yes. And um, you feel free to jump in as well because you are also a nanny.
1: I mean, a lot of it we've talked about in the boundaries episode or the power struggles episode or positive discipline. A lot of it is about self-regulation and Mm -hmm. modeling good behavior and just being really cognizant of your own
0: uh, habits. Absolutely. Um, that's, that would be my first note too, is self-awareness. So if you are, if you are realizing you have a, or identifying your temperament style, I should say, um, that's step one Mm -hmm. and then identifying the temperament styles (laughs) of the important people around you that you need to interact with is step two. Um, I recommend to, um, not taking things personally that, um, are a difference in temperament. Mm Mm-hmm because sometimes it can feel like someone's ignoring you if they have like a high attention span and low distractibility or, and that can feel bad. So trying to frame it, and I guarantee you after listening to this episode, you're going to be looking at people and being like, oh, look at that, that person's (laughs) got a withdrawal and um, behavior style or behavior trait. And so-
1: Because it feels good in our brains
0: to categorize. Yeah, so it helps us to understand the world. And then I actually just told the girly nanny, I was like- She was like, why we read a book and they were being judgmental in this book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so in some ways it's good to be judgmental because it helps you understand the world. And in some ways it's bad. And we like broke it down into how and why, um, which I won't do here for the sake of time. (laughs) Um, I, so self-awareness is key Mm -hmm. with anything you do with kids. Um, Anything, too, that you can do to um, calm yourself mm-hmm. and remind yourself. Mantras are really helpful mm-hmm. in these things. I tend to count to 20, mm-hmm. um, just whenever. <laughs> 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 whenever I'm frustrated or if um, if I'm waiting for a response from someone, I will count to 20 before I say anything else sometimes because um, kids, their speech portion of their brain while their comprehensive language is larger Mm -hmm. when they're younger than, or I'm sorry, their receptive language is larger than um, their active vocabulary. Right. And it takes some time to actually think about what they want to say, then spit it back out towards you. Right. Yeah. So it takes time. So not (laughs) expecting an immediate response. And keeping in mind
1: you can't unsay words. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So
0: you can work to
1: fix the hurt. Yes. That words might have done, but you can't unsay them. Yeah. So, slow and steady wins this race. Yeah.
0: And finding ways to meet both temperament styles I think would also help. So like mm-hmm. if you have a high activity level need as a nanny mm-hmm. um and the child has a low one, maybe you have a portion of the day where they go, Martha, do 20 jumping jacks. I'm going to count. 1 2. And they like sit. They get to sit and yeah. watch you. Um, and you do the activity. So like right. you can balance both. You can meet the needs of both. Or that would be a great activity if you have two children with different temperament. Yeah, um, Twister would be a good way to do that too because someone has to be the spinner. Right. Finding ways to include everybody. Try not to exclude people just because they're not the same temperament style as mm-hmm. maybe you and one of the children or two of the children, whatever it is. Obstacle courses are also great for that. Yeah. You need a timer. Somebody's yep. got to time that. So um <laughs> Finding ways to meet those needs. I would also say um, if you, like for me, I sometimes need quiet time. Mm -hmm. The child that I nanny for could and would talk to me all day long, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I love talking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes her mom's like, she comes home and the kid's like bouncing around and she's Mm -hmm. like, is she like this all day? And I was like, sometimes (laughs) she is, yeah. Um, but we, we have created a schedule. Mm-hmm. So, and that's partly cause I do well with schedules. She knows what to expect. She's got a portion of play alone time. We have like several portions of the day where we play together
1: mm-hmm. in
0: intervals that we both find digestible. Right. Um, mm-hmm. we have reading time together. She has time to practice the piano. We have days where we forget it all and go have an adventure. Yeah. Um, so that way, she does take an hour of quiet time too, although she gets to choose between 45 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. um, what she wants to take that day. Right. And so finding ways to balance the schedule for both sets of needs is really important because even a child who has a low activity threshold does need some activity. Right. And so if you can find a way and it does take experimentation, but find a way to meet both needs if you can. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, I feel like we talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear if anybody else has suggestions on how to meet those, how yeah. to balance difference in temperaments, if they have any um, recommendations yeah. that they've seen work or want to try now.
1: I would love that as well. You can write in to Nania at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram at Nania. I've had people... Be reach out to me That's um, awesome. via that or on Facebook. Um, I don't check Twitter often, guys. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, she's, she's, but I'm just I'm just letting I'm being honest. She's a low sensitivity <laughs> or high sensitivity for her Twitter threshold. I just I can't deal with it. Um <laughs> I need more words than Twitter gives me. That's fair. And so <laughs> Uh, so maybe don't contact me via Twitter, but the other <laughs> ways, um, go for it. And also if you're listening and you're like, but I have this and you guys didn't really address it. Yeah. Um, and you think it fits into this or if it doesn't, if you just have a question, um, reach out because I love talking to people. I love talking to nannies.
0: One might say that you have a high approach. <laughs> I,
1: I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, I was probably very
0: kidnappable as a child. (laughs) But now I'm not. I wonder if that's the (laughs) 10th. I guess that's actually technically approach withdrawal. Yeah, exactly. Kidnappability. Kidnappability. (laughs) Um,
1: Awesome. Okay, so we end each episode with a fun, cute story or
0: quote. And Katie has brought one. Thanks, Katie. Yes, you're (laughs) welcome. Um, So the child I nanny for has been really interested in art lately and what's happening in my life. And every Monday we're like, let me tell you all about my weekend. Mm-hmm. And we talk for a while about what we did. Um, and she knows, so this coming weekend, or I guess when this episode airs, I will be officiating a wedding in California. Oh yeah. And we've been talking about it a lot. And she's been like, can I hear the wedding ceremony? Cause I wrote it uh-huh. minus the vows. They wrote the vows. Um, And I was like, I haven't read her the wedding ceremony, but she's been hearing about every pretty much every step in the process. And she was like, what does your dress look like? And I was like, we're debating which one. (laughs) And then I got a dress, the one that the bride was like, I really want you to probably wear this one. Uh So I got it altered because it was a little too um, robust in the chest area for Mm me, Uh, harder to cover mine. And so I had it. Uh, fixed so it was not so gratuitous Uh and um, she saw it today because we picked up her mom's dry cleaning and the dry cleaner was like here's also the dress that you had me um, fix for you so she was so excited it's like a formal evening gown looking one and she's never seen me in anything like that and so during her quiet time she drew a picture
1: Uh and
0: she came out of her quiet time to be like katie Katie, what shoes are you gonna wear? Are you gonna wear, are you gonna wear flats like your normal shoes that you always wear? Or are you gonna wear heels? And I was like, I won't be wearing heels. We'll be in a vineyard. I might wear sandals, but I haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Okay, but do you think you will wear sandals? And I was like, <laughs> probably. And she goes back into her room and then she comes out and she goes, Katie, Katie, I know that the groom's name is Tom. But I can't remember the bride's name. I know it starts with a T. I know it starts with a T. And I was like, it's Tori. And she was like, okay, stay right there. And I was like, okay. And um, she comes out of her quiet time with this picture that she has drawn. I had asked her, I was like, are you making a card? And she was like, no, 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 it's a surprise. So it's this picture she's drawn of me in my dress Uh with strappy sandals. So Uh it looks like I'm wearing the sandals. Um, And it says Katie and it's got the back of the groom's head and his body and the bride's head and her body and it's got their names over it and they took a picture of it and I sent it to the bride because I was like, oh, can I please send this picture to. The bride, because she's really nervous about her wedding. Uh She's really excited to get married, but she's nervous about all the people looking at her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, okay. Don't tell her who it's from, though. And I was like, okay, I won't. So I took a picture, and I said, good news. Your wedding's going to go great. Here's the plan. This is what it's (laughs) going to look like. And I sent her the picture, and she laughed hysterically. And she was like, did the little girl you nanny for draw that? And I said, what should I say? And she said, tell her no. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to say this." She says, "No, she didn't." Dot dot dot, which might be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it was—it just brought her so that much is, joy. Yeah. And yeah, so I am going to bring it to the wedding. Yes. And I'd be like, "Here's the plan, you guys. I, this is <laughs> me, and this is you two, and that's what we're going to do." Amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's so sweet yeah, too. it is. It's really cute. She cares so. She much. does, and the drawing is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I bet.
1: I've seen her drawing skills. Yeah, they are I might awesome. send you
0: the picture. Too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe we can post it on the Chronicles of oh, Nanny yeah. page. Oh if, yeah,
1: if she gives permission. Yeah, I'll ask her. Yeah, because I would want her permission be like, before publishing her art.
0: I'll be like, girl, because <laughs> sometimes I call her that. Uh-huh. Like, I told a story about your beautiful wedding <laughs> plan. Can Miss Martha post it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just check with her. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. For all of this. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, so much of it, too. <laughs> I know, but it was great. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at SecondBedroomStudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.